I just want to pray over Errol because a year ago this, this was not the case. Yeah. This is a miracle standing before you, and we want to honor God for that. So, Father God, we want to thank you for this man. We want to thank you for who he is in our community, Lord. And we want to thank you, Lord, that you spared his life and you moved over this family, Lord God, that he is a standing testimony of your grace and your favor and what it means when you are called by God and your time is not up. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my daughter's predicted a few things already. So I've got tissues in the back pocket and the side pocket. Um, this is actually quite a, a different experience for me. And I think just to give context, thank you, Kathleen, um, this picture would have looked very different. And one has to acknowledge that today. And I'll share a little bit more into that. I think firstly, let us start by just breathing. Literally just breathe where you are because... We've made this. You know, God has kept us through. Next Saturday is Christmas. And so our service will start at 9 o'clock. Uh, we normally try to aim to have a one-hour service so that you can spend the rest of the day. If you're going to come on Sunday, please bring us shares with or some gardening forks because that means you're going to work in the garden. Nobody will be here. And you just have to plow the garden because it's just you and the garden um, and whoever else is with you. But don't come on Sunday because there's no service on Sunday. Yet we're going to find people here on Sunday. Yeah, We'll put a notice up there. Uh, just attend to the garden. Okay? Uh, so today is very special. Yes, it's my birthday and it was an anniversary a few days ago. But also because today we're going to dedicate uh, two babies to the Lord. If you ever ask me what is the best birthday gift that I wanted was this. And uh, it's going to be such a powerful time that we're going to do uh, dedicating a lady and also Sadie uh, to the Lord. And we're going to do that in a few moments. But I want to give you a little bit of context of why I'm so going to be quite emotional today. And I'm not going to make an apology for that. Because I want to just frame a little bit of what transpired a year ago. Uh, on my birth, on the, the 15th of December, we were preparing and the 16th for relief work. And we were doing some relief work here in this building. Uh, some of us prepared for Mitchell's Plain, which was part of the agreement we had with the partnership. And then we had some relief work here at the church. And this building was filled with about 50 people on the time on the public holiday, the 16th. The 17th, we took a bit of a breather. Um, and I've, I got the days right. right? And then the Saturday, uh, we went to, to, to Mitchell's Plain. And we went then to go and provide relief, besides what we did here the Friday as well. Sorry, was the Friday and the Saturday. And that was significant because the Sunday, we got news of the Massey fire that took place. And for those who remembered, and I know uh, some people who are online and others were part of the team to do the risk management on what, what took place there. Over 5,000 families were affected. And we as Siakula and Respond team responded to that. And uh, on that day, Matt and the others and team was with me. And I said to them, guys, let's go and provide the relief with what our partnership, but let's just get in and out there because one just felt in your spirit. Firstly, we were exhausted. We were extremely tired because we haven't shut down as, as a church in Siakula with providing relief and for what it looked like since the start of lockdown. But you know, when God's spirit speaks to you and you just feel that day that you just need to do what he requires of you and you've got to be obedient to that. And we literally went in there. We did what we needed to do. And I came back. And uh, we went through the motions of the day. But you know, something in your spirit is saying something doesn't look right. And a few days transpired and came close to Christmas and New Year and what it looked like. And I could feel in my body that, that I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling right in terms of where things were. 
And Tracy will give you the details of the story, but I don't want to really go there. But what was significant is that I felt sick and I felt that something is happening. And then, uh, according to what Tracy and the family could tell me, is that where I was at home, I couldn't even walk from my bed to the lounge. Um, and that was something. And then, through, the, through Michelle and others here, uh, Tracy was in touch and Ray, um, they were able to, a few days later, make an assessment based on what, what was happening and said, I need to be rushed off to a hospital. But you know, in, in the back of your mind, you, you weren't fully conscious of what was happening. You're quite aware that in the background, there's some things happening and you're in and out of consciousness at the time. And I, all I remember was just going a little bit over Okapsovech and that's it and I, I blanked out. And so the story was Tracy with some people took me to um, hospital. They first, I first went to Fallsbury Hospital. On the assessment there, the doctor said I wasn't sick enough to stay. And the facilities uh, that they have, and I, I, I really felt disappointed that day because I was still a bit more conscious and I was able to be aware of what was happening around me. And then I went home and I literally felt this, if I'm going to go home, I'm going to die. I felt that. And then a day later, uh, Tracy with some people made a decision and they rushed me off to, to Mallow Media in Tukai. And I was there for a few hours. But you know what stood out for me was that day in the times that I was able to be conscious is that I was able to, to reach out to God and I said to him, Lord, you need to guide my steps here every step of the way. You need to hold me in the palm of your hand because I'm fully aware already by then we've lost count of over 30 plus people that we know passed away due to COVID. And we stopped counting after 50. People we personally knew. And I wasn't laying there in fear. I was laying there with this understanding and this hope of who God is in my life and in our lives. And as we left out, there was a group of Christians and people singing outside of the hospital. Some of you saw those videos of many hospitals where people were singing. And I said to Sheldon last week, we sing that song, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because I have a different understanding. It's your breath that I breathe, Lord. You know, it's all about you that I fully understand that it's your breath. Because that day, there was a song being sang, and as they rushed me from, from Malamed back to False Bay, because now... The system didn't allow me to get to Krutus here because I had to go there first. And I just heard this song resonate in the back of, of my mind as they rushed me off to hospital and I went to False Bay. I stayed there for two days. And the experience I had there is which I want to start off with this evening, because uh, this morning, sorry. And the scripture reference that, that Kathleen read is the scripture reference I want to preach on today, Psalm 23. But we never spoke about this. But I don't want to preach into all of it. There's a part that I'm going to preach in later that I just want to share a little bit with you in the context of what I'm telling you as a story, but also uh, as a life experience, but also what we're going through spiritually. And I was in false Bay for two days, but the one night that I was there, now you've got to remember they couldn't give me any drugs. I'm, I'm fully aware of what's happening. I saw the angel of death come. And for that time, I heard God say, put on my full armor. I'm going to be with you. 
And as I saw this angel of death come, in, in my heart and in the little bit that I could speak, I, I declared and I put on the full armor of God. And this angel literally came and I saw it and it literally went away again. And I, I could smell the sulfur. I could smell, I could see this image. I know I wasn't hallucinating. And I started to verbalize. I took my mask off at the time because I was um, intubated and they had to put a pipe into my throat. And I was able to just lift the mask and, and declare the blood of Jesus is against you. I put on the full armor of God. And the second night came and I slept in the day because I just was aware that in my spirit I had to be awakened. At the time I couldn't be in touch with, with my family because I had to put my phone away and it was between me and God. But the background story to this I'll tell you in a short while. The second night came and I knew that this angel of death was going to come again. And as that was taking place I saw literally Hundreds of people of the saints of God praying. I saw faces, names. I heard words, prayers, songs. I heard everything that people were saying and declaring and decreeing over my life. And not faces that were unfamiliar. People like yourselves and others in this church and friend circles that I, that I, I love. And I came to understand that God said, the saints of God is standing with you. And the prayer of the righteous will avail much. And I heard that. I heard people bargaining with the Lord. I heard people um, engaging with God and turning their homes into war rooms. I heard, I saw people, I heard what they were saying and, and asking God on behalf of where I was and many others. And as that happened, the angel of death just came, passed. That's it. And God said, this is not over. And I said, Lord, what is this about? He said, this is not even about you. This has got everything to do with what I'm doing on this earth. You need to understand this, that there is a war taking place. And you've got to stand as a soldier in this war. I got rushed off to Krotoski Hospital, came there. I had to give me my medical history. I was a bit able to chat. In a few moments after that, I was rushed to intensive care. Um, had difficulty breathing. And uh, the doctors came to me and said, we're going to have to send you to, um, for a scan, CT scan. We're going to inject this ink into your body. There's a blockage in your lung. You have pneumonia, and which I was aware of. And the doctor, uh, our GP, when I went to see her, she explained everything to me. And, she, and they said, because of this blockage, we're going to have to possibly operate. And that's all I could remember. I was rushed off into for a CT scan came back, what I thought was two days was actually over 10 days because I was in, a, in and out of consciousness. I, I, I literally thought I was awake every day. And when I woke up on one of the occasions, the doctor said to me, one of the doctors, they had a team of doctors that attended to me and said, we were waiting for you to turn the corner. The background to that was when I spoke later to Tracy and the family, there were so many prayers going out. There were so many people that was praying for us and for what was happening. At the time, I woke up with this, where I heard of Joanne Holt's mom who passed. 
and a few friends and others. I woke up in one of those days and I just kept on weeping. At one point, I said to the Lord, I give up my spirit to you. Because at that time, your body was feeling weak. It was feeling you were in intensive care. You could barely breathe. There were 12 drips a day that was administered just to, to get me to recovery. There were people that was there that was assigned, I believe, by God. There was a nurse that came to me and said, I need to come and attend to you. And I don't want to get too graphic. I could not even go to the toilet. And I believe that was God's angels that were sent and assigned by people, that by God. I had people say, the professor said I must come and speak to you. I don't even know what professor they're talking about. Later I came to discover who that was. I had people come there and it was porters who said I was assigned to come and attend to you. I don't know these porters, but I heard later the background of all of that. Now let me tell you what I'm why I'm telling you this is a testimony today. When you think that God is not taking notice of what you're going through, Amen. he's always sending people your way. And he's sending angels, even when you don't see it as angels. God has assigned you and set you on a path. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What he's done for me and what he continues to do for me and my family, he, he will do it for you. All he requires of us is to be faithful, to be true to what he's doing. I'm going to share the second part of that testimony after the dedication and in the word that God has given me to share with you. But I'm going to invite right now uh, Sadie and her family to come and Alex and Tony. And they've got some friends along uh, that is coming here with them. Are you inviting the De La Cruzes with you? Are they, do they need a special invitation? Roland, Claudel, Casey, and Kayla. So... There's, there's a significance why I know this family, and that I'm going to share a little bit about that as well. And that's why today is such a beautiful privilege. <laughs> so just, just, just to give you a bit of context here, Alex and Tony came to visit the bay when Arlene preached a few years ago, and they never left. Alex and Tony never left. And... For some of you, the story is that Roland and Claudel uh, took Alex in as a young man when he was just starting his high schooling. Now, to frame this all, all and why this is such a privilege today, is that I knew Alex when he was at primary school. That's how far we go back and his family. So there's a history here. And so this is just not us dedicating... Uh, Sadie to the Lord, I'm going to invite the other part of that family, the Valentines, because I believe some people threaten me already. If they are not called up, then there's a strike happening. I don't know all this stuff. Yeah. So the Valentines just join with them because I'm, I'm quite aware that, that, that there's a strike looming, you know, after this. So uh, let's get that going. Yeah, this is the girls this morning. They uh, shouted. This is the thing about family and the church. You wear a new shirt and everybody notices, firstly. <laughs> then, secondly, it's like, oh, I like your shirt, love your shirt, and then see the family. This is what family happens in church life. So, yes, it's a new shirt. I'll next time wear it before I come to church. Um, and <laughs> the girls decided uh, just to, to have uh, a color code. Um, Eden always likes to stand out differently, so 
so we acknowledge that. Um, but just to give you a bit more, and so Alex lived with uh, Claudel and uh, Roland Claudel for many years until he studied, at, he was at high school, went to university and met uh, Tony and then they got married and it was a beautiful opportunity uh, for, for Claudel and, and Roland, who's actually now grandparents automatically through this because of Sadie and that family history and we've never lost touch. And so Roland has done some work with Siakula, has been in here with Relief and the Young Boys and then obviously the rest of the family, we've always been in touch. And so there's a significant part to this that I'm, and so Tony's mom is also here today, and it's so nice to have you, okay, and the family, and, and the sister, yes, I can't remember all these names, and the sister, Malin, there we go, see it's all names now, so what we're going to do is, we're going to dedicate Sadie to the Lord, but I want to just share some things that God laid on my heart in preparation for, for today, and for those of you just to give you context, we do not baptize, uh, water baptize children. We believe in dedicating them unto the Lord according to his word. And what we believe is that when we do that, we are consecrating or we are giving the children back to God and for his guiding and protecting. And why we, I want to put this into context is because some of you might say, as visitors even and others, why didn't they sprinkle them with water? That's a bath and we don't do that. <laughs> We don't, we don't bathe babies. I don't want to say this is to be condescending. But we honestly dedicate them to the Lord according to God's word. And so, the meaning of Sadie means princess. It comes from the root word Sarah. The Hebrews and the Persians has adopted this meaning is that a woman of high rank. You may also see the name Sarah interpreted as a noble woman, a lady, or a person that is happy. Now, it's quite interesting when I saw this definition and God gave me a word to give to, to Sadie and the family today, it was quite in line with, it, with, with that. So today, Sadie, and you can keep on running around, it's fine. Yeah, we will continue to, to speak what God has spoken over your life today, that we want to call God uh, to protect you and to guide you. Sadie, you will continue to make people smile by your nature and your actions. You will continue to be funny and to have fun. I just, when I was sitting down and asked God, what do you, what do you want to uh, speak over Sadie's life and to prophesy over a li life this morning, is that she's going to bring fun and joy to people in her, her nature and the way she is. She is intentional in seeing people restored through that fun and what she does. It's not chance. It's very intentional. Her wit and her intelligence will exceed her peers. This will also affect her life choices and the decisions that she makes. I'll WhatsApp all of this to you afterwards. <laughs> she will understand the angelic hosts and worship God from that place and have encounters with Almighty God. Her voice will echo throughout the world. She will be led by, she will lead many, and in the things of God, she will direct them. The scripture I want to share with you as we dedicate it to the Lord is Psalm 121. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper, Sadie. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. 
The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil, and he will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life and watch over your coming in and going out. I'm going to ask you where you are. Just stretch forth your hands as we're going to dedicate Sadie to the Lord. And we're going to pray for the family and pray for the extended family and everyone else. It's, well, that's the nicest. Now, I, can't, I don't need to keep her. You need to just run around with her. Lord, we commit Sadie to you. We pray, Father, right now that according to your word that you watch over her and protect her. We dedicate her back to you, Lord, that you're the lead, one that will lead her and guide her. That you will set your angelic host and we pray for your angels to watch over in the name of Jesus. That her character and everything that takes place in her life and her talents will be shaped by you. Lord, that she will come to know you as Lord and Savior at a very young age. That she will come to experience you in the fullness of what you have in store for her. We pray your blessing over her life and thank you, Father God, that your protection will be over her. We pray that no weapon formed against her will prosper. No tongue that is raised will stand. That she, Father God, will understand the purposes of God in her very life. Thank you for Tony and Alex and the family and the extended family. Thank you that Tony and Alex, Father God, is modeling something in, the, in her life that she will catch more than anything. That as they pray over as they, Father God, lead her, give them the wisdom that they need, the patience and the endurance. Lord, we pray for financial resources over their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you for the seed sown through Roland, Glodell, and the extended family, even Tony's mom and others. Thank you, Father God, for what they've established in these lives of this family. Lord, we acknowledge you today that even in this church community that we will see Sadie grow in the fear and the admonition of, of Almighty God, that we will cheer them on, that we will encourage them as a community, that we, Father God, will stand in the gap when there's times that needs to happen in Jesus' name. And so we commit this family to you. We dedicate Sadie's life to you, and we honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you'll see the Valentines are staying here because we have another family coming through. And this is a, a lady who's going to bring <laughs> her family. And uh, this is Taubu and Diana, Sabalabala with uh, Daisy. And a few years ago, I had the privilege of dedicating Daisy to the Lord. And uh, so I still have the notes of when I dedicated Daisy uh, to the Lord. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. So Diana and Tabu, they joined us a few years back, got married in, in this building. And I'll never forget, we were at a camp in Wortelgat when we just came to know uh, Tabu and Diana a few years ago. And one of the things Diana still said, if I ever want to remember them, is to think of Top Deck. So that is how <laughs> Diana introduced them. So I'm like, okay, I couldn't forget that image, and this is now years later. Yes. Yes, and then Tabu's brothers here, and, and also the family, if you would like to join us, please come. Yes, thank you. I always need to have my assistant here. It's ready to go. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Sheldon. <laughs> it works. 
And then, yeah, there we go. Hi, how's it? Yeah, please join us. And so that was the start of a journey where Diana um, and Tabu has really been very close family and friends to us. And for those who came to hear but later that we are grandparents to Daisy and to Naledi, and uh, they've asked us to be grandparents in South Africa. And so they have grandparents in the UK and now in South Africa as well. And so we, we take this very seriously to the point that when Diana asked me uh, to dedicate Naledi to the Lord, I said, okay, and now we're thinking of days and dates. I said, what a beautiful birthday gift to do it on my birthday. Okay? And so the name, no, lady, she was born on the 12th of April, and she's eight months in this time. It's a Sutu name that means star and hope. And it's through this season in 2020 to 2021, in the early part of the pregnancy, that Taubu was diagnosed with chronic kidney, kidney disease which have made, uh, which, sorry, they have made a choice as a family to put their hope and trust in God as a Sabala Bala family. And they're hoping to believe into what God has promised them. And so yeah. Naledi represents that hope. And in Romans 4.18, just as Abram looked up to the stars and was reminded of God's promises, and that was the trust and the perfect timing that God has placed in Abram's life, it's the same scripture that they as a family are trusting God with, that he will take care of them. So I'm going to speak over Naledi. We tried earlier to take her, but she will see she still will hold on to her mom. And what happens? There we go. So she comes into the office on a Monday with us. She works for Siakula at a young age. We do believe in child labor at a very young age. And so she comes wheeling in here. She moves from Godfrey to myself, and she's floating around. And so today, uh, Naledi, we want to commit you to the Lord. And I want to speak this prophetic word over you, Naledi, that you will be highly favored by God, that you will be a true woman of God, of God and a true woman of virtue, that you will be blessed in all that you do, that your gifts is to gather people and to lead them to fulfill their purpose and understanding in this life. Your gift is also to heal people. I just felt that very strongly over Naledi that she's going to have this wonderful opportunity to pray over people and they're going to be healed. That you will teach and guide them and you will have a very nurturing spirit. I just see her in, in the time that God has given me to prepare for this that she's teaching so many people at a very young age. Her personality will open up opportunities for her. She will understand at a young age who God is in her life and will encounter him while she's still very young. Her relationship with Christ will grow with sincere pursuit of him as a priority. And today we pray for a good relationship with her parents and with her sister and with her family. The scripture is a familiar one, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know, God knows the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Come, let's just stretch forth our hands as we dedicate it to the Lord. Lord, we commit the lady to you. We pray right now that your blessing that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow will be over life. We pray for the lady's life as we... Speak these prophetic words according to your word, that you will watch over her. 
Lord, that you will guide and protect her, that she will have a, an encounter with you at a very young age, that she will come to know you as Lord and Savior over her life and understand you in your fullness, Lord. Lord, we pray for Tabu and Diana. Thank you for them and their love and for their love to serve so many families. We pray that you will continue to bless them as a family. We thank you for full restoration over Tabu's health in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this family that you will constantly provide for them with Daisy and the lady that their relationship will be a good one as siblings, Lord God, and also with their parents. We pray, Father God, your blessing over them. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that today as we dedicate the lady back to you, that you will lead her, that you will guide her, you will protect her in everything that she does. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Peace, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Notes from my sponsor that, like I said earlier, this, the details of some of the things that has been experienced, Tracy will give you more clarity on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to God's word, Psalm 23. We're familiar with the scripture, but I'm, I'm going to read it again. But I want to stop at the point of what I want to share on this morning and just to share with you. And so when Kathleen read it out, this passion translation, that was beautiful. I loved it. And I just felt it added a bit of feel to it. If you ever have an opportunity again now, I maybe want to say this, that the last time I shared and preached was actually a little bit of Psalm 23 in there. And God is just bringing me back to it because I think, you know, it's great to know God's word, but I realize this, that the more we ponder on his word, the more we understand his word, and the more he massages it into our hearts, he brings us back for a reason because there's things that we need to learn through it. So I'm going to read this through the ESV translation. It says, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now this is the scripture I want to park today, is verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the midst, uh, sorry, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. A few weeks ago, there was a preacher that went out. And I, I stood at the back there. And this scripture just arrested my heart. And, and I said to the Lord, what is that about? He said, go and look it up and understand it for yourself. I said, do you want me to take this personally, Lord, for myself, or is it for, for me to share? And he said, I want you to share this. So the second part of what I want to tell you as a testimony when I come back to this is that while I was recovering in hospital and while the doctors told me what happened, Tracy was in touch with the doctors. They didn't give me the whole story until I heard of it later. Uh, it took a few days for me to, to recover. And while I was waiting in the recovery room, uh, there was two, two days before I got discharged. I started to thank God for what has happened. And I, the reality of all of this started to, to get, on, uh, get into 
my own understanding. And I said to the Lord again, Lord, what was this about? He said, like I told you, this was not about you. And I said, but now you've got to speak to me, Lord, because I fully don't understand this. And the Lord reminded me of those who have gone before. Before us. They were praying for us. There were those that has passed on the baton to say, it's your time to run this race. He gave me names of people who's gone before. I think of Tracy's mom. I think of people who mentored us. I think of people in this house. Your mom and others who's gone before us. They've planted seeds that we are benefiting the fruits of this a bit later down the line. So when we think we are going through stuff, we are not alone. The heavenly host is standing with us. But also remember the ground has been prepared for us. So when we go back into our room and our closet and we say, woe is me, and I'm going through this tough time, Lord, then God is saying, look up, lift up your gaze. Lift up your gaze. Because you can't live a life of being a defeat, a person that is defeated all the time. We must live a life of being victorious. Unfortunately, some Christians have taken on this mantle or this coat of heaviness. Listen, when you face death, like myself and others have, you have a different look into, into life. You have a different drive and tenacity. But don't face death like we have to have that drive. God is saying, just keep on getting up. And I heard God say this, and he said, and he gave me a list of things to do. He told me what to do with our finances. He told me what to do with our friend circle, um, the ministry that God has called us to. It was a wonderful opportunity to engage. And I said, Lord, how come in the midst of all of this, I can hear you so clearly now? He said, because I've been speaking all along. And you were too busy to hear my voice. Whatever we are doing, let's not get too busy with not hearing God. And at the time, I, would, I still remember this fondness shared with us as an eldership and others of working from a place of rest. And I had, to, I had to hear God through this, in the midst of this year and what it looked like. And I keep on hearing this still. Just be still and know that I am God. Just lean into me. In the midst of all that we've seen, and I want to say this very strongly. Whose report are we believing in this season of our lives? Whose report? Because there came a time that our hearts were offended. And Henry preached on that last time, last week. We, we got, some people got offended because our opinions count more than the, what God is saying. We must be very careful what season we are in. We are bringing judgment onto ourselves. And I want to bring, bring this harsh word a little bit as I want to speak into what I believe God is saying. And it's, and it's harsh in this sense that we need to calibrate and get into li- in line with where God is. Yes. It costs someone like myself to sit there and days after that to repent and to ask God for his forgiveness in the way I was thinking, in the way I was doing life and doing ministry. Because you see, our opinions don't count really. It's his word that stands. It's not about winning an argument. Yesterday I was in Cork Bay and we went to go visit someone who was running a shop there. And one person was like, no, I don't need to be sprayed. And I thought, okay. And he said it in a very arrogant voice. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't mind whether you get sprayed, but drop the attitude. 
Because you see, as our human nature starts showing in this time, our character gets tested. Are we more showing Christ's likeness in this earth today? Or is it we must prove a point? Your point doesn't mean Jack. I'm sorry. Doesn't mean anything. It's God's word that is going to prevail. It's God that is directing us. He is still in control. He is still on the throne. He knows exactly what is happening. He knows all the behind the scenes stuff. He will reveal it in his time. He will make sure that judgment comes on those that has wronged us. But we got to take the right position first. As an, as an army of God, you cannot stand at the back and be counted as a soldier when you're trying to run away and argue with your opinion. Because then the battle is still happening and you're still arguing. How's the battle won? No, wait, wait, we just have to discuss this quickly because my opinion is important now. In the meantime, the battle is raging in front there. When lockdown started, churches were still arguing about double dipping for months. Whether people are coming, are they going to come here? And they, I, I'm serious. For four months, when I checked in with some churches, six months, they were still talking about double dipping and whether they must open their doors for relief work. Come on. Come on. The church has been called to be salt and light. We've been called to be our shoes of readiness. No, wait, I'm just tying my laces quickly and I take three months to tie my laces because I'm procrastinating something that I've been called to do. And so when I laid there, I heard this very strongly. It says that you have a mandate. Each and every one of us have a mandate. And so when the scripture that I read in verse, verse 5, it says that he's prepared a table before me. Now let's go to the preceding verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If fear has overcome you in this season of your life, then we've got to ask, who is your shepherd? Because there is the natural fear that we have around certain things. I get that. Even certain phobias, I understand that. But until which time do we hold on to it as ours? Or at which time do we hand it over to God as his to take care of? Because God can do anything. He can take away those fears and anxiety. He can take away even things in your health that you're still holding on to. It's not your high blood pressure. It's not your diabetes. It's not your illnesses and pain. It is God can do immeasurably more than what you can think or imagine. He can heal you instantly. And we've got to understand while we're using the medication, we still have to hold on to the trust that God can heal us through this. And whether it is certain things that we are facing in our lives, he's saying, I am with you. And here's the part, fear not, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God's word has got to be a key part of your ingredient of your life. Please don't come on a Sunday and open your Bible for the first time. I'm trying to be very serious about this. Because in the week, it's so important that you have the bread of life in your life. That you spend enough time, not a popcorn word, or just a quick one on the go, Lord. You've got to talk to me quickly. I've got to get to my work. We've got to get into God's word. We've got to get into prayer. We've got to get into a deeper understanding that he's calling deep unto deep in this season. It's very important to understand this. The makeshift in terms of where we are, we've got to stand firm in the word of God. And if we don't understand the word of God, then we've got to get into it. 
as quick as possible. Because listen, the coming of the Lord is near. And he is coming for a bride that has been prepared. He's coming for a bride that has been through so much. And we, not the pastor, not your leader where you are, we must get into God's word. We, and meditate on a day and night, whether I'm meditating on Psalm 23 for another year, for now, it's okay. Because he's speaking to me. So there comes a time in your life that you have a rhythm, that we're getting the prayer groups together uh, for next year, Please, I'm hearing you today, asking you today, join a prayer group so that God can speak to you into what he's saying. You know what was beautiful about this, this community and what God called us to do? When people were ill and are sick in this church, we call out to God through our prayer networks. And there's power in prayer. Unified prayer. And if you are not in community with a church, please get in a community. Having a small church at home is okay. But you also need to make sure that it's into a community where you can hear God as a collective and God can speak to you. And the fervent prayer of the righteous will avail. It's in that corporate prayer. It's in that time together that we can have communion with one another, fellowship. It's also in that that we can sharpen each other. It's important to understand this for this season because you know what? We say this often. Church is going to look different in the next few months. And if you're going to miss out... Don't wake up one day and say, oh, what, did, what happened? Yeah. Where were we? The battle has begun. There's a war that is taking place. There's a war for people's souls. There's a war going on because of where people are over the evil desires and what they are doing. There's a war for the souls of people because of what God has established on this earth. And that tug of war will continue until we see him face to face. And we got to pray for people, whether we walk in, in our communities and driving by and say, oh, you know, the Shabins are open. Why don't they just close the Shabins? Why aren't you praying about it? Why aren't you interceding? Why aren't you praying for our country sincerely and earnestly from a heart of understanding that, Lord, we can see the change taking place in this government and in this country? We are going to hear in a few weeks' time of someone who's been called into office that is a child of God because of prayers of the saints that has gone before. Righteousness will prevail. We must understand this. Please don't lose heart. This is not the time to lose heart. Yes, we are tired. Yes, we are weary. But don't lose heart. That he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Picture this with me. Let's first go to the times of old, as some of the commentators like to put it. Picture this, that there's a war taking place. And here a king comes and sets up a table and invites your enemies to come and sit at the table. Just picture this. Soldiers, the blood is dripping. You've got to see this now. And they're sitting there and they see Farnas and they see Sheldon and they see whoever. And like, but I just fought you now, but I'm invited to come and sit at the table. And I don't want to because I'm angry. I want to kill you. Because we just came out of battle. We were called a truce for a few moments to have a meal together. Now listen, you can equate this with the enemy, but it also is people in your lives and circumstances and situations. God calls us to a place that he prepares. Now listen, he's taken you through the valley of the shadow of death. He's seen you fight this battle. He knows what has taken place, but he also knows what you need, sustenance. So he's going to feed you. And he's going to let you know what favor looks like. 
And then he's going to do something. You know what that does? That rubs it into the face of the enemy to show you whose side are you on. In the spiritual realm, what happens to us physically, when God prepares a table before us in the modern times, he prepares a way through testimonies that we're going to hear more and more. And I'll give you a few. When we started to declare as a church, and we've done this over the few years, for myself and for our families and for others, we honestly believe in the declarations. It's not just words that we say. It's really meant from a heart of understanding. When Siakula started to shape, be shaped by God in what it looks like, we started to look at a few things we need. And I'll give you a couple of practical stuff. We said a few years ago, Matt and others, we were driving Sheldon's car. We were driving our cars. The cars, the wheels were falling off. There was just things happening to the car because we didn't have vehicles. We had to borrow somebody's bucky to get things done. And we started to pray about this. And we said, Lord, we are trusting you for a bucky. And you know what? A family came to us a few months down the line. Now, this wasn't advertised. It wasn't a marketing strategy. We just kept on praying. And a family came and said, we're going to sow a bucky into, into Siakula. And here's the part. We spoke and we said to the Lord, we would like a two-liter two a uh, bucky Toyota, particularly in a double cab. We were very specific. <laughs> and we said it must be white because of the branding. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Because you see, God in hears your prayers and your heart. You've got to be very specific with Him because He also weighs your heart. He weighs my heart. And He wants to see whether it is in line with His will, His word, and His purposes. He wants you to be specific because here's the part. If it's not in line, then it might just say, listen, I'll give you right now what you need to understand to where the next step is. And it's all progressions because we've got to understand that the testing of the heart brings out refineness. It yeah. defines us later as Christians. We started to, to look at relief very differently. And we stood in the room upstairs, I'll never forget, one particular day. And we said, you know what, we can't be giving relief 450 at the time. In carrier bags, we need to put the relief into boxes. And we're going to trust God for boxes. And I still worked out with the team. We can't do this with shoe boxes. Nobody really holds his shoe boxes anymore. The next day, I get a call from someone whose husband passed away at this church uh, a few years ago. It was year, sorry. It was last year. Yeah, thanks. Sure, time just goes in my equation. Thanks, Jace. And... Uh, she called me and she said, Errol, we're, going to we're actually closing a tea line um, and we have boxes that is available. I'm like, okay, now you must firstly understand in the, in the time of relief, I started to, I can't speak in tongues, but I now have to understand tons, like T-O-N-S, you know, how to un understand bags and equating tons because now transporting was different. Instead of from a bucky to a vehicle, we had to look at trucks. At one point, we had 22 tons of food into this building and that God made provision for. And so you understood this. And then this lady said to me, we have 4,500 4, boxes that we want to give. I said, what does that equate to? She said about two and a half tons. I'm like, okay, I can understand that now. If you if anything like me, it matters. And so, two and a half tons. And I said to her, send me a picture of this box. 
and she sent a picture. I sent it to the team. And then a few days later, we hired a bucky and a trailer, and we went to go fetch it. Still today, if you look into that corner there, that's still boxes that we have, and we shared it with so many ministries and so many churches and opportunity to provide relief, and that was God providing. Now, I'm going to tell you this as a testimony, not about Siakula, but about God's faithfulness and what he's able to do. And we started to talk and started to trust God and, and declare what we had here. So on a Monday, we come together, and we keep on just trusting God and declaring. At one point, we said as simple as this, you know what, we need to earn because the church has an urn, but they're using it for some events, so the Siakula needs an urn. Two days later, a lady called me. She said, Edel, i got clothing relief coming, but would you like an urn? We only used it six times. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Now, you might think, Edel, that's a very simple thing. It's in the little that you must be trusted to, for the much. At one point, we stood there. We said, guys, we actually need a fridge and a freezer because there's food and stuff coming in that needs to be kept overnight. A few days later, uh, somebody called us, a fridge and a freezer. <laughs> at one point, Johan went to go. We were looking at, at what we want to do with some of the men's program. And we thought, let's just try as a pilot program just to teach some men to weld. And Johan had a welder, and he taught me a little bit to weld. And he, um, he said, I'll bring mine. And he went to, go to a client, and he spoke to the client about what he's doing based on some work. And the client said to him, just come to the garage with me. And there was a wilder that was given to Siakula. Now I'm going to keep on telling the story on and on and on for years to come. And not just that story of continuous blessings. I'll come to our family life now. A few weeks ago, we were asked by the business park to move our shipping containers uh, because of some uh, new regulations and others that has taken place. And we had some new, new health and safety officer next door. And we had some challenges over the last few months. And for those who know, we in the back, we were doing some preparation work. Godfrey and others were working hard for the health clinic to look at opening it in the new year. And you know what happened is when the business park manager came to speak to me that day, she said, Edel, can I ask you to move the containers? We have three shipping containers. And I said to her, no problem. I didn't know where it's going to go. All I thought, I'll come to the elders and we'll pray through it and we'll talk about it. But that day, I stood on the parking lot. I just kept on praying and I took it to the team and we prayed together. And when I met with Anton a few days later, Trace and I at least, we met with Anton. We started to chat through some stuff, and we said, Anton, we've got to move these containers. And I want to ask you as an elder, because I'm going to bring it to the elders meeting, because um, you won't be there at that particular one. He said, why do you want to do that? I said, no, I want to move it to the other side of the building. Now I'm thinking, and he says, no, bring it to Freikron, bring it to Sosa building. And so as I'm speaking now, the, the containers are standing at the Sosa building to open as a health clinic for next year. You've got to understand this. When there's adversity that comes into your life and what seems like a full stop, what seems like a cul-de-sac, like seems like a dead end, is an opportunity for God to say, pray into this. Search my heart. Seek me, not the neighbor, not somebody else. We've got to seek God through this. Now, these are testimonies not about what we are doing. It's about God and how he is doing it. I want to close off. And ask you, what valley situation are you facing? Because you know what? There's a feast waiting for you. That table that God has prepared you speaks about his blessing, his favor in the midst of your enemies. He shows the spiritual realm that I am a God that is greater. And I can do 
more than what you can think or imagine. I want to ask you to stand with me as we're going to close. Today, if you ever ask me, Edel, what was this message about? was just to encourage you, not to give up hope. Farnas brought such a beautiful word to me this morning, and he says he sees this as a link from the past to the future. Let go of what you felt God has done and see him with a new perspective. Today was to lift the veil of your eyes that our God is great, that our God is mighty, that he is strong and he's more than able, that our God can do exceedingly above whatever you think you can or can imagine. Our God can reach into your situation and provide a vehicle, provide finances, provide everything you need, providing you keep on trusting him. Do not run to a friend. Do not run to the bank as your hope. Do not run to anybody else. Run to God. Please, I'm asking you today, search after the things of God. It is there that you will find an answer. It is there that you will find a solution. It is there that you will find what God is saying, no or yes. Because you see, God is not an ATM machine. He's not a Father Christmas. He doesn't come because we just ask of him. He weighs it every time. He's got to do this. Because you see, he weighs our heart more than anything. Because some people, if you're going to have too much money and your heart is not right, you're not going to do well. I'm sorry. It will destroy you. There are certain things that God is waiting to give you, providing you are ready to receive it. And until you are ready, until we are ready, as a testimony for us and our family, when I came out of hospital, we trusted God for a few things. There are some of the stuff that we can tick off the list. Done, 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 done. There's more to come. And we're going to keep on trusting for you as well. He is more than faithful. If you are trusting God for whatever today, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to speak to God on what you are trusting him for the new year and what it looks like. Not a new year's resolution. Please don't, don't do that. Just reach out to God and just speak to him today while we can sense the spirit of, the God, of God is here. Just hold this space. Because you see, the last part of that scripture says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His blessing that is on you is not temporary. It's for eternity. That what he does is not just for a little while. He does it with that assurance that he can do it over and over and over again. Lord, we thank you this morning that you're a God that is great. We fully understand, Lord, that in this season of our lives, we've become tired and weary, but we will not lose hope and our trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that testimony after testimony, we will hear of your goodness and your favor, that supernatural things will take place, because that's what we're trusting you for. What seems impossible right now will be made possible in the future. Where there is lack, Father God, we thank you that you there will be abundance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are aligning our hearts as Christians to let us understand that in this part in this season of our lives that you are calling us closer to you lord we understand father god that the world is saying one thing but we got to understand the report of the lord we got to understand the faithfulness of our god and what you are calling us to we pray that we will not look to the left we will not look to the right that we will look up to you oh father god the one who sustains us the one who carries us the one who is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly that what we can think or imagine that and if we do not ask, we will not receive. Ask of the Lord. Wherever you are right now, ask of God. 
Ask of him specifically. Be specific about what you're asking. Lord, we commit this day to you. We pray that you carry us through this day and the week that lies ahead. And until we celebrate your birth again, oh, Father God, in a few days' time, that as we come together in celebration, that we know that our God is with us and that you will continue to lead us. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you that we were able to just dedicate these beautiful babies to the Lord, that we could give them, oh, Father God, back to you. We ask your a blessing upon our week, upon what lies before us, and upon everything that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen.